Amen. Well, folks, here we are again. It's a Wednesday evening. What time is it now? Sometimes after, sometime after 7, right? And here we are. We're gathered here in the presence of God. Huh! Because he called us here. With an intention. Huh! With a purpose. With a meaning that we'd be, we would come here tonight. Amen? And for that reason and that reason only, we are here. And that's my mindset since I went up to church from the very first time. Why am I here? And what, does it, what is it that God wants me to do? No kidding. And, that's, and, and I pray like that too. And God answered my prayers. Constantly. I approach God with a lot of energy that he placed inside of me for him. And why is it that God put that energy inside of us? You know, there is something that we need to accomplish with all of our life. There is a design. There is a ministry in all of us. And the book of Ephesians, they talk about the fivefold ministry that God has given to the church to prepare each and every one individual to go out and accomplish what is it that God placed on you to accomplish. And for most of my time in church, going to services and so forth like that, no one mentioned that to me. So church was more like just a casual place that we go. And I thank God for those churches and what they taught. I thank God that now I'm hearing God's voice for myself. And everyone here can hear God and his voice for their own life. He will guide you. The Holy Spirit will, will reveal what is it that he wants you to do with your life. Of course, we're called firstly into faith, to have faith and relationship with God. We're called into obedience to Scripture. And that is the starting point. So I'm not saying that, oh, you know, we just come here vision-oriented, destiny-oriented, and negate obedience and those things. I'm all, we teach balance here. We say, walk in obedience to the word of God. Complete obedience to the word of God. And I've preached that for every Sunday that we have been here. Complete obedience. Now, I am called, and we are called, you are called, we are called to preach the message. Right? To encourage, to pray for folks, and do all of those type of things. But I'm not called to push people around. So when we release the word like Jesus Christ himself did, and many rejected the word, then what can I do at that time? When people are not responding to the, responding to the word of God, what can we do at that time? There's not much for the minister to do at that time. He has done his job. If he has preached it correctly, he has done his job. And that's why Jesus said this, that in his church, the wheat and the tears grow together. So, as we release this word here, you will see different things happen. And as the church grows, it'll look different. That's not my... Listen, when a person changes and is ready for help, we are available. If we can say a prayer for them, hello? If we can speak words that are anointed that God might help them, I am available and I'm ready. Any day of the week, when people want to change their life. In the meantime, sometimes we have a variety of different things that are happening in the pews. Right? And sometimes, over time, you will see 
transformation and change come to individuals. So I like to give them that space, preach the word, pray for them, and hope God to God that I see that transformation come inside of the individual. Amen? But it can be a very frustrating thing if you have a restaurant, right? And then everybody came in and they sat, nobody purchased. I know some folks go to Tim Hortons and they don't really want a coffee, but they're looking for a place to purse, right? But what if everyone did that? That would be bad for business, right? So we have to get used to this. If you're a minister, let me tell you, what you read in the Bible, by the way, this year, after reading the Bible over and over and over, my experience in ministry is like a totally different thing from what I read in scripture. And I li I've listened to countless sermons from many different ministers over the years also. But from an experiential uh, perspective, oh God, if I had take that book and try and do what I'm doing now, I'd have quit a long time ago, I'm telling you that. The book is like a dead book. Unless, unless the whole spirit is involved. It's dead and mechanic. And it can't offer you no hope and no help until the anointing of the Spirit is on there. And I'm telling you something now. When the Holy Spirit begins to lead you in ministry, you, even yourself, you're going to be shocked. You're going to be shocked. doesn't matter what perspective you have and how strong and staunch it is. When God begins to show you how he does things, he'll shock you. Because I'm telling you, guys, I'm, I usually very, very sharp. I'm very sharp and to the point. And I don't, I'm the type of person, you are, you, we have a, a, an issue, let's, let's start, let's deal with it. Right? That's kind of how I am. Let's, let's fix it. But the remedy that the, the Holy Spirit uses, oh God, I'm, I'm in the baby stage of being led by the Spirit. The baby stage. His ways are different. Different. Let me tell you something. The dimension of God that we are talking about, hearing God's voice and being activated in the prophetic and so forth. If you go and do a study of the people that God has used on this planet that truly heard his voice and carried the power that Jesus Christ carried, they are criticized the most on the internet right now. I'm telling you that. It's, it's astounding. Only ones that have done the works that Jesus did. If you go and check them, whether it be Benny Him, whether it be um, William Branham, whether it be Catherine Coleman, whether it be Smith Wigglesworth, I, I hope you know all of those guys are considered just like they considered Jesus. They said they were working under demonic powers. Yeah. And they are the ones. Look at the, um, Catherine Coleman. Go read. Go online and, and don't read too much because there's a little in your heart. Because the power of God moved on her so much for a little woman. The Christian, in general, Christians, they, they totally rejected her and said that Many, many, says occultic powers. Anybody that moves. Cessationists think that with the early apostles, the gifts are done. We don't, there are no more apostles, there are no more prophets. And we, we don't really hear the voice of God like that. Well, the fact that I came in here, I didn't care. You know, I'm kind of like Paul. No kidding. I had an encounter like that from Jesus Christ 12 years ago approximately in Vaughan. Where I heard his voice and I fell on the ground when he asked me that question. I have heard God's voice and I have had a visitation where God came in my bed. Hello? 
and manifested its power. When I'm sleeping, three o'clock I woke up. I look over the clock, over, I eased over my wife's shoulder like that. I see three on the clock. And a strange thing is happening here. A very fierce, I can perceive the strength that is in that thing. Like I perceive the strength that is in God's voice when he spoke to me about 12 years ago, audibly from the sky. I perceive the strength in that thing and it caused absolute fear huh, to come over my body. I was fearful. And yesterday I was praying. I was praying and seeking God and asking God for encounters. And God gave me a visitation that night. And I'll tell you what he told me. Nothing. And then I'll tell you what else he told me. Everything. He didn't speak. I, I was like, it seemed like he's going to kill me tonight. I ain't getting off of the bed. He has to kill me with her there. And I know she, he already loved her. So I'm like, yeah, this is my mind. Hello? Because at that moment, this is my mindset. I'm just like kind of hunting God in a careless way, if you will. Just hungry for God. But um, I, do, I do everything wrong, prayer-wise and all of that type of stuff. When I go to pray, you think I'm fighting. And God didn't care. Everywhere I go, I, I began to hear, the, you know, the Lord began to speak to me through others. I had such excitement for God. Such hunger. He told me three things in my life that night. And I woke up that morning, and I did this off of the bed, stand on my two feet. And everything that he told me to change in my life, play in my head like that. And I go, I ain't taking... I told my wife, I'm not taking the plane until these three years of my life are dead with. Because if it, if it come down, I'm going to hell. <laughs> because that night, the fear of God. The, I, the fear of God, like this. Yeah. But I'll tell you one thing, guys. I thank God all I do. I, every one of his killed children will have different conversations with him. The callings are sometimes different. The energy, energy level and expression of God in those individuals are sometimes different. Hello? And therefore, we will honor God in all of you. But as for me, hello? The conversation that God has with you in regards to your ministry, that, as for me, you know the first prophetic word I got from God? The first. Someone, a, a Holy Ghost minister I heard coming into the church that we we're going in uh, Vaughan and uh, coming from Montreal and he came and he's preaching and he's preaching and he's preaching and he looked down the aisle and he pointed at me and he goes what energy I've shared it with you guys he goes what energy and I go hmm, I have a lot of energy that's what I thought right he is right who told him that I guess God is actually talking to me I'm, guys I'm still shocked that God talked to me hello that's why I'm so excited because I can't believe he talked to me I know he talked to you guys hello but me so this is, I run on this, it's like fuel, the fact that I hear God's voice. I started doing business with God that day. I'm telling you that. I started, there was no place that I didn't go, that a prophet was, that I would put my, or anyone prophetic, that I would not hear from God in calling this ministry here. And it's the same with anybody, response to God. But I'm telling you, my response my speech, my energy. Oh, and God could have taught me anyway. Hello? Understand this. He could have taught me anyway. He could have brought me to um, Bible school if he wanted to. Never did. I mean, they would have just messed me up anyways. A guy like me. They would have just turned me into 
I, I, well, first of all, I rebel against that system, quit and come out anyways, and tell God I can't do this. I know, some folks will, can you talk to God like that? Or talk about God like that? Hello, know your ministry. And know what you're able to speak, and how you're able to speak, based on what God has called you to speak. If some people come and talk like I do, or I go and talk like they do, the Lord will not be pleased with it. I hope you know that. He allow different expressions from different people based on their calling. Look at a guy like uh, Donald Trump and go check the prophetic words that have been spoken against a monster like that, if you will, right? People think that he's this bad and that bad and God is comparing him to David. How? how? Go read the Bible and read about kings like Cyrus and so forth. So people can talk and do different things in God and he allow it to go. Because he could skip me like a fly like that. And I know. But you still I still do it. Why? Because I, because I know that God assigned me to do this. That's why I do it like this. That's why I speak and carry myself like this. It's how I, who I am. And I know that any moment of the day that God can speak to me and say, don't ever do this again and I will never do it. With his, by his grace. I'll change anything that God tells me to do. And, I'm, and that's how I pray in my prayer closet. I say, Lord, yeah, I, sometimes I think I'm a little bit wild. Sometimes I think, I think I say things that I should not say. How come you don't rein me back? Here I am. I, I'm your son. And I'm here that you, I might be corrected. And that you might give me grace to change because I, I couldn't change on my own anyway. It's your, that's how useless I go before God. And, and I say, Lord, you can talk directly to me or you can speak to anyone. But let me tell you guys, the reason why it's like this souls souls the kingdom mandate that's where the Lord wants our attention and the focus and I'm committed to that the kingdom mandate I don't need to hear from when I, what I need to hear from God, I hear but I'm not the type of guy that need to like you know every day. I, I, I know the assignment I know the assignment. Yes, the Holy Spirit will talk to you a hundred times for the day. That's fine. But I know the assignment. I know where I need to focus. I've been to church a long time and nobody really talked about hearing the voice of God. Nobody really talked about the supernatural. And if they spoke about it, they only spoke about it. It never happened. And, and, and being the type of just honest, forthcoming person that I am, I'm like, my whole thing is, okay, I know you're talking about tongues and this and that. I say, okay, where's the power? Where is the power that was on Jesus Christ? Where is the supernatural? Where is the evidence in his church that he can outshine the devil? Because the devil is doing a good job and we see the destruction every day. Where's the power of God? And why is it not being unleashed? The wisdom of God, the understanding, all of those things. Why is it not being unleashed in the church, in his body? You see why I couldn't go and do that thing, that type of mentality and go to those churches and replicate that type of church? And I'm telling you right now, in this moment, I would just go home. I can worship God from home. But this is assignment-oriented. And, and I'll tell you, because one thing the Lord knows, I ain't taking it. He said, in this particular call that I've called you, he said, I know you won't fail me. He said, many are failing this particular call, but he said, I know you won't. And he's right. God has to be right. 
hope you know that's why he wants us to start to talking. We are just shimmying around like chickens on the earth. And the people are in the pews don't even, many times don't even know how to hear the voice of God. They don't. They come and they hear a lesson, they go home. And we, the preachers, allow them to come go home. And they, you know, they, when they go to the car, to the mechanic and the, and the tire is punctured, they get it fixed. The mechanic is competent. The accountant is competent. And their boss, on many occasions, are competent with the paychecks. But they come into this building here called the church, and we ministers, we fail them. Let me hit the nail on the head. We fail them. Because the fivefold ministry is not equipping the people. I've seen it all of my life. So in coming here, that religious system and all that type of stuff, it can't happen. We are bulldozed over anything like that, I'm telling you. We will, we will uh, do whatever it takes to save a soul. Hello? If you go outside now and someone is um, falling in a pothole and you can't pull them up, would you pull them up? So how in hell we are, we are allowing everybody to go to hell like we don't care about them? The body of Christ. Focus on um, wealth and all that type of stuff. People in the pews don't even really know sometimes if they really can't hear God's voice. We are, I'm here to deal with that. That's what God wanted me to talk about. Not the... Oh, you know, make sure when you come to church, every time, everything is like, and we are reverential and everything. Yeah. But this year is like a wrecking ball type of ministry. For that type of person, they're going to have problems with it. Because we're, our focus is on the loss. We don't like when people go to hell. We, are, we don't like that. More than anything. I don't like when people go to hell. And that's what God told me to focus on. So I, everybody that I can get a chance to, I talk to, I talk to. Every single one that I can. That's my goal. Preach this message, Jesus Christ. And let them know that there's a hell. And if you don't, if you don't submit your, your, your life to Jesus Christ, you're going to go to that hell. It's a balance. Amen? That's why we're here, guys. I'm not sure what, if you thought you were here for something else. And any man, any woman in this ministry, that's the focus. All of the um, gymnastics that they do in church, it's gymnastics. That's why I read you from um, the book of Isaiah the other day. Without the love aspect, you, can, you, could, bring all of your, you could burn your body up here for God. You can study his word and memorize it and repeat it from uh, Genesis to Revelation and he wouldn't be impressed with it. It wouldn't mean nothing to him. You have, to put, you, you have to get love in your heart. Love for the lost. And that's what we're doing. So we're, we're talking about hearing the voice of God. <clears throat> How many people do you think Really, if they began be in the body of Christ, that begin to have a functioning relationship with Jesus Christ. A functioning relationship where they know their master's voice. Hello? And they know that he's reliable, he's faithful, and they have confidence in him now. Do you think they're still going to do some of the things that they would do outside? No. We have not nourished them with the word. The pastors have become brutish. We have all different kinds of sensational teachers flying, globetrotting, taking people's money. And, and, and building um, their own estate down here. <clears throat> Amen? But here, for whatever God calls us to do, if, you, if someone comes here, we want them to be empowered. We want them to hear God's voice, know how to hear God's voice. And we want them to walk in obedience and to really give their life to Jesus Christ and understand that he can take care of them in every regard. And then produce fruits for the kingdom. Amen? So we do it balanced here. 
I say, obey the word of God. Anybody come here and, and say that I didn't say obey the word of God? You are a liar. Absolute liar. Let me tell you, and I'm going to confront anybody that tell any lie on me. I might turn up at your door, knock your, um, your gate and say, why is it you liar? That's who I am. I'm direct and in your face. And anybody that does anything here, it's going to be, we're going to expose it. Including me. And kick even me out of the door. I'm telling you guys. This is all rogue and rough and direct and confrontational. Confrontational, we're going to be in this ministry. And I'm telling you, let me tell you something. And I, guys, some of you are young folks. I know God is squeezing some of you and I love it. Huh! And I, all know, I always know it was coming. Because I know most of you, the young folks. <clears throat> excuse me, guys. This has to come off of my chest because the Spirit put it on there. He burned it. I pay a price for this today. Hello? So sit and listen. Guys, <clears throat> the church of Jesus Christ is a rough place. Hello? It's a rough place. You don't just make it to heaven like that. So now that we have your attention, we allow people to come, you know, and um, wait, check us out. Oh, let me see. I wonder what kind of guy these people are. You know, they don't know us, and we, and we allow those expressions to go. Hello? And pardon if you are a month removed from, from receiving such a, a harsh message. Pardon me. Hello? Okay? But after we get their attention, after you have, what do you call it? Skin in the game. When you don't have skin in the game, you don't care. There's no, you don't see the benefit. The understanding has not. So I say, pardon you, my dear, if that's not. Give me grace and come back again. And then you'll, you'll, by then, you'll understand why I speak like this. But there are precious souls that are in there, that are in here now. And in the city of London. Precious, precious, precious. We, we, we don't even only see people and see their physical bodies. We see their soul. We think about their eternity. Right? That is the value, the main thing. The flesh is just not much, the Bible says, or nothing. So God, many folks here had faith. Folks here had faith in Jesus Christ. Hello? But the standard of the calling, they did not understand. They did not understand the level of commitment that Jesus Christ demands. They didn't understand it. And I know that in this, in this ministry and in many other ministries that have been, they have no concept what it is that they're supposed to do. That's why we see so many of them on um, um, Twitter and uh, Instagram with all different kind of pictures after Sunday. You go, oh my God, there's no Christ in that. They're doing the very same things that the world does. The same type of conversation. The same type of slangs. But they come to church on Sunday. Right? And the Bible is talking about a separation, an absolute separation from the system of the world. Hello? And they think somehow that they have faith in Jesus Christ. And they look, we, we speak like the world, dress like the world, act like the world, watch the same movies and the same programs. So you see, we have, we have work to do. But I thank God for mercy. So what happened now? It's too much of a shock. Right? So you have to cook a, a bullfrog, let's say, a little bit of heat at a time. Right? If you do it that way, he's staying in the water. But if you, if you throw him in that water, he's gone. So we thank God. The Lord will bring you, if you're a minister, he'll bring you 20 individuals, 30 individuals. They will all grow at different speeds. Hello? You have to gently, by the Spirit, 
Deal with each one of them. Gently, by the Holy Spirit, deal with each one of them. It, it's not in Bible. Just for you guys. It's not in Bible how to do it. I'm using a bad language so you can understand. You see, I do the exact opposite. When North Americans want to get a, um, hear something, they go find an eloquent speaker. Hello? Well, guess what? We have about two, three hundred million eloquent speakers in North America. So I'm going in, I'm, I'm going to the bad talking ones. You get me? That's why, that's why I'm here. Because they're boring. So I'm, I'm getting your attention with my bad language. But it's truth. Because many of the politicians that speak so well, it's only tickle your ears with lies. And let me tell you, many of the politicians and the well-spoken people, look at the bombs that are dropping down at our country now. And it would have taken a layman to know that this war was coming. Any idiot could have predicted this. And the President of the United States and Prime Minister of Canada did not know this. And literally, probably two weeks before it happened. How oh, dumb can you get and still remember to breathe? That's why God made the breeding process automatic. Because people like that, they would have forget to breed a long time and be dead. They would never be in the White House. They have absolutely no intelligence. Yeah! Welcome to the house of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. L listen. When God come and, and talk to you in your room, like how he talked to me, you will know what your assignment is. No man on the earth can tell you your assignment. I'm telling you that. The strength that he will put you in that, in, that, in that moment, you will defy them with a gun to your head and go home like Stephen, if he wills. Amen? He make you bad. We're talking about hearing the voice of God. Ha! And I'm putting down one and two scriptures. Guys, let me tell you something. I didn't prepare for this. You know, I hope you know that. I did not prepare for this. After I don't, have, I don't have no message to give nobody. How can I prepare for this? I don't have nothing to speak to you. What you're hearing from me now, I didn't prepare to say this. It's the one that called you here, put this on the menu board. I hope you know that. It's the Spirit of God that summoned you here. Put this on the menu board and say, feed it to them. It's good for them. But some of them don't know. He knows that too. I'm telling you guys, when the Holy Spirit really start moving inside of your life, that's why I tell people, my life is done. You're looking at a dead man. And the minute I come back to life, I have no use to God. None. I have no use to him. The minute I come back to life, I'm a e -e get rid of me you have to die I'm telling you you have to die it's a beautiful death when you come to Jesus it's painful and beautiful there's a level in God guys the Bible talk about men like Moses and Abraham men like Isaiah and Jeremiah Man, a man like Enoch not the Bible said walk with God and then he was no more for God take him the man body did not go down to the ground we can have relationship with God. We can have encounters with Him. It's the same God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
and what I'm trying to do here, what God wants to do here tonight, what he wants to do. Guys, you know, let me tell you what he's looking for. Hearts. He's looking for hearts. He's looking for men and women that will give him everything. I'm telling you, beyond the shallow commitment, we're talking about that on Sunday, and hearing of messages and worship and all of that, he is looking for one and two individuals in that congregation that will say, that will go at a deeper level, that will begin to hunger for him as the deer panted after the water brook. So my heart pants after you, O Lord. He's looking for people to burn like that and burn out the earth system. And I know that there, it's a, it takes a price. You have to pay a price for that. When that happens, guys, we will walk in a divine supernatural realm. We will, we will stay in that realm like Jesus did. All of the cessationists, they're not too smart. They're not too intelligent. They were just not willing to pay the price. The ones that believe that the gifts are, are dead and the apostleship roles and prophetic roles and so forth are no longer in the church. Right? They were not willing to... John MacArthur was not willing to pay the price. I love to call names too. They, they didn't want to pay the price. So they settled at the intellectual level. They can't give you no power. Don't go to their church. You're going to sit on those pews until they break and you fall. I hear messages. But the Spirit of God will not move. So here, we are careful to do it the right way. Whatever I thought I, was, I had to put, it's on the paper here, guys. Whatever I thought, my input, me, the man, and his brain, whatever I thought that I had for you guys, I didn't touch it. It's there. But the whole day, I was in the furnace huh, with the presence of God on me. The whole day, the fire of God huh, was burning, burning, burning. That's why I had to put that and leave that there and leave that aside and speak this. Because this is what I have received to speak. Huh! Because God wants our attention. He's putting people now. I've been talking to some of the folks here. And that's why I say, when you don't see this one moving the way that you think he should be, let, let, let that person be. Let that person be. God is working on them. It's just that they pop at different times. Okay? They respond to God at different times. Don't jump in as a minister and do too much. Hello? Have confidence in God. He knows where they are. The fact that he brought them here, may, he knows each and every one of his child. As a minister, you have to know this. If you're in the pastoral role or any one of the roles that steward a congregation, you must know this. Because if you go too sharp on them, you're going to kill the process. We can if you just use Bible, 
they did. I did a message the other day. Love trumps legalism. So the church at many times are going to look. It's, go, it's going to look a little bit weird. And sometimes I know things are actually happening to individuals. And the Lord says, what does it have to do with you? And I say, nothing, sir. Okay? When it's time for me to speak to that individual, the Lord will prompt me or prompt them. And then he said, no, I want you to speak. Because there are things that God is doing in individuals that is very evident to you and I. And you wonder why they are in that situation. Unless the Holy Spirit give you the true reason why they are there, you will not have understanding. And if you jump in and use Bible and intelligence from the head, you stop the process that God is actually doing. And when he paints a photo, he does it really well. So that's why many things here, I know and I leave. It's kind of like I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. Until God says care, then I care. So when uh, even prophetic folks come and they will see, and they will see, and they will see. Remember, you're seeing a photo. And God uses that many times to identify something and all of that. But we have a file. There's more information around that. There's a wisdom that you minister with by the Holy Spirit that the mind cannot understand this. The mind can't understand it. It's a different dimension when the Spirit begins to take you there. Amen? So really quick, guys. <clears throat> um, I just want to... We went, through, uh, we went through the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. The only one we didn't touch on is the gift of miracles. So we want to talk about that. Imagine this, guys. <clears throat> Let me excite you for a moment. What if you operated in a gift of miracle? What if you operated in a gift of miracle? Meaning that the people that you are around, hello, when God wants to manifest a miracle in their life, you can perceive that and then release it. Huh? What if you operated in that? You, do you think you could make a difference in the church when someone walks in here? Or when uh, um, someone here is going through something and they, uh, they need a miracle? What if you operated in that gift? Or gift the healing that we went through? The supernatural component that Jesus Christ moved in. That this day and age, we have somehow put that to the side and delights in giving people Bible stories every Sunday morning without the power component. The gift of miracles is supernatural occurrence, occurrence beyond our natural understanding or ability operating over the material world operating over the material world i give you an example how this happened for us my wife went to the doctor once i dropped her at the doctor from some checkup and she went in and they did whatever they needed to do and then they gave her some diagnostic about i didn't care what it was quite frankly it didn't make any difference because i don't go to the doctor and then she came back, and I was having coffee waiting on her, and she came back with this very strange, serious look on her face. About 
what they said, communicated to her. And then I thought for a moment and I go, they're not God, let's go. They don't, I don't listen to them. That's what I said to her. I just defy the whole thing. I'm pretending like they never said nothing. No kidding. I'm telling you how I work regarding them. I hope you know the next time we go back, she go back under this bossy cocky guy that some people think is. Hello? That thing died off of her body. It's bold people that God is looking for. Every time I do that, if I ever go chicken, God leave me blank. I have to do it like this. This is why I call me. Died when she went back. And I didn't miss one minute sleep. I didn't go back and think, oh, what if this, maybe I should get her to go back for it. No, done. I, me, once I hold on to the word of God, obviously if the spirit of God says something, I'm open to that. Hello? Whatever it tells me to do, I'm doing. But, apart from that, just militant believing in God. And if, that, if I die, I die. That's my mentality. Just Lord, please give me grace to go to heaven. That's all. But I don't care about exiting this world. Yeah. The gift of miracles. It is supposed to be a gift that is in the church of Jesus Christ. Hello? That when someone comes here that has done all that they can, all that they could. Right? And there is no help. I mean, anybody who don't believe this and read the Bible, sorry for you. You can't help yourself. And there is no source. No one to help. Especially when they tell you that you have some medical condition. And you have X amount of time to live. What a diagnosis that God, doctors actually give to people. Telling them they only have three more months. Get your life in order. And then you go like that. Oh, that's it. Dead. What if they give a healing is here? What if you, you lost your job and they're about to take your home? And there's somebody activated in that particular gift here in the church. God can send a miracle your way. We want that here in Heaven's Lighthouse ministry. And Lord, enough. A lot of it. We want that gift here. I don't like to see people suffer in, with physical illnesses, financial issues, family-related issues, and all of those type of stuff. So we have to talk about this. Or else we're going to have a church. Guys, we're going to go grow in this church. And if the gifts are, uh, are not activated here, guess what's going to happen now? It's only a matter of time. I tell you, you, can, you don't have to wait until things happen in this kingdom to know. It is only a matter of time I mean, it's always going to be God's will. That doesn't mean that we take the gift and try and, you know, extend somebody's life when God has communicated that it's time for them to go home. We're not talking about working against God, okay? But if we don't do this, and then later on the congregation go to 100, 200, 300, 500, how, how long do you think before someone is going to come here with some medical condition and diagnosis from the doctor that is bad? Do you think that's going to happen in a congregation of 500 over a few years? Right? It is going to happen. So if we don't militantly prepare for that scenario here, how long do you think that before someone's going to lose their job and they're going to say that, oh, you know what? Your house is on the line. This is on the line. Somebody's going to need a miracle. Somebody's going to need a healing. 
So we might as well move in these. Who needs a miracle even now? See? That's here. You know, I actually, I'm going to get Tanguin in a moment to share his miracle. But I actually got a, this one is, um, imagine $2,500, okay? Show up in your bank account, just like that. And you had, you did not, this happened to me last night. And I never had any conversation with anybody. Like, I never bought anything, I never sold anything. $2,500 came in my bank account. $2,500.73 turned up in my bank account. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe we need to call someone. And then I'm like, we need to call nobody. This is ours. I'm like, did you hear Tank Pina's testimony the other day? I ain't calling nobody. My money. Yeah, just like that. I only, the only thing I did was to um, tithe out of it. That's all I did so far. We're going shopping. I'm sure you can get a few things for 2500 bucks, eh? Funny, eh? All right, guys, let's look at, let's, um, we took a, a different route, but it's God. Let's go to uh, the book of Matthew. Matthew 15. And verses uh, 32. Feeding the 4,000. Now Jesus called his disciples to himself and said, I have compassion on the multitude because they, because they have now continued with me three days and have nothing to eat. You see the first thing here? I have compassion. That means, you know what? The Father responds to compassion. When we have compassion for the lost, compassion for the person that is sick, right? That there is how the anointing in that area can flow. He had compassion on them knowing that they had been with him for three days and they had nothing to eat. And I do not want them to send them away hungry, lest they faint on the way. Then his disciples said to him, where, where could we get enough bread in the wilderness to fill such a great multitude? Jesus said to them, how many loaves do you have? A great multitude. Hello? You know, right now, guys, it's miracle time. Because 4,000 hungry folks, there's no way to, to um, out there in the desert, how are you going to get that? Jesus said to them, how many loaves do you have? And they, and they said, seven and a few little fish. So he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves and the fish and gave thanks, broke them and gave them to his disciples. And the disciples gave to the multitudes. So they all ate and were filled, and they took up seven large baskets full of the fragments that were left. Now those who ate were 4,000 men, besides women and children, and he sent them away. Guys, look at that beauty. Look at that, eh? And think about what happened in, um, when COVID and we were losing our homes, our being threatened to lose our job, and then we're thinking, where are we going to buy groceries and all of that? Right? What about this? Did we think about the gift of miracles? Did we think, hello, I don't, where did the fish come from? Where did the loaves come from? 
do we believe that God still do these things? Are we not supposed to believe for these miracles? Let me tell you something. If you don't believe for this supernatural component, right? You can't, it's very difficult to carry out your um, ministry. Because you're, when you're reliant, this is why so many of the pastors preach a lukewarm message, you know. You know why? Because they believe that the people in the pews are paying um, the bills for the church and all of those type of things. And if they preach the real word to them, they're going to leave. They don't believe that God can provide. They don't believe. They say they have faith in Jesus, but they just, they just heard about him. They don't know him. They can't manifest any other things that he did. You know, it's like, I don't want to say that. It's pure impotence. Do you guys want to do that here? Is that what you want? There's a guy by the name of Francis John. He preached to one congregation for 20 years and then he said, well, he woke up one day and go, what, what have I been doing for the 20 years? Wasting my life. And he, he finally go hit the road and go, and go preach. He wasn't preparing the people. Tanguina. I'm going to pray, uh, ask Tanguina to come now and share a miracle that God did for him. And then after that, we'll pray. And if you are expecting a miracle from the Lord, and it be his will, because you are willing and obedient, it could happen. But if you rebel, it might not be that time. But God is God. We trust him anyway. Here you go. Thank you. Praise the Lord, everybody. Good night. Um, thank Pastor for giving me this opportunity to share my testimony. And uh, so about a couple of months ago, I had a toothache just before the New Year's. And... I know that Dee recently pulled hers and we know of a place that I could go and like, worse come to worse, I pull it. And because it was at the back, I didn't necessarily care about it. So I'm like, if it has to go, it'll go. So I went to, I won't use the place's name. I went and did a checkup. They say, okay, it's so-and-so. We're going to pull it, cap, all that. I'm like, okay, how much does it cost? And the manager took me into her office, gave me the rundown and everything. I'm like, okay, I'll go discuss this with my wife. And she's like, good man, good to discuss it with your wife. I'm like, okay. So before I went, obviously, I hand her a flyer, ask if she believes. She say, yeah, but she's have scars from other church. I think she said she was brethren. I don't know what that is. But I said with us, you know, it's like a relationship with Christ that, you know, need to go on or what, you know, my journey with it is. And she was accepting of it. We talked back and forth, and then I left. Then I went to D and say, okay, Costs about what over three thousand something to pull it, crown it, and so forth, and we don't have the money. So I was like, "What are we gonna do?" And he said, "Okay, we're gonna pray." So what we do, we tend to pray separate, so that when one is praying, we don't influence each other's mind, like when one is praying. But like, so I went to the room, I prayed, 
and I think Dee went to the room and she prayed. And then when I came out, she said, did I get anything? I said, yeah, I heard, not audibly, but within me, the Holy Spirit said, I will provide. And I asked Dee if she got anything. She said she felt that I should do it. So then I went back, and then the manager took me back into our office, said, okay, we're going to try to get a loan so that I could pay in installments. So the first agency she went with, I was denied. And then she said, okay, we're going to do an in-house thing to see if I could be approved that way. And so far it was, I got accepted. And with that, I was content. And I thanked the Lord, praised the Lord, and that was it. But God wasn't done yet. So after the process of getting it pulled, crowned, and everything, the time is coming close where then I have to start paying. I'm like, ah, it's getting close. We're going to probably have to start saving up a little to start paying weekly or whatever. So uh, the last couple, I went, I think April 16th was the last time I went. And she said, the receptionist said, um, you have to pay because what you've paid so far did not cover your last two. I'm like, huh? Didn't, man, uh, I'm not going to say any name. Didn't the manager told you that we did a whole thing about I'm going to start paying weekly? And she's like, she doesn't work here anymore. I'm like, oh, no. So uh, after she went to her computer and she started typing stuff, she's like, yeah, so everything that you've paid so far, I'm like, yeah, doesn't cover your last two my last two meeting. And she's like, okay, I'll print it out. <clears throat> and uh, when I looked at it, <clears throat> I saw Tanguina Leckie's check, those each time payments of from 1,200, from 1,100. And I'm looking, I'm like, and she's like, maybe you should call these people to tell them that you still had two because they're getting it wrong. And in my head, I'm like, uh, <laughs> banks, you know, how could they miss that, right? So I'm like, you know, don't. So at the same time, my flesh start coming. I'm like, you know, don't dig too much. I'll take it. I'll call them and, you know, work it out. So I'll say, you know, I'll come and pay the remaining. So at the same time I was talking around texting D, like, hurry up. Like, I got to go, because, like, you know, I'm like, it's with wanting to share what I'm, like, realizing what happened with the excitement of that and wanting to go at the same time, because I'm like, wow. So when I went out and then Dee was looking at it, she was like, everything is paid, and it showed that you've given checks and I don't own a checkbook. <laughs> <laughs> you 
and it go, I was like, and then she did the calculation and a couple, about a couple of months back or even a year before we started this, um, it was put on our hearts to be faithful for the 10%, like when it comes to tithing. And when Dee did the calculation, she's like, you know, all you have to pay is 10%. So you could put the other picture up. And while I was sharing that with Kim, she's, she brought it with Pastor Kim, she brought it to my attention, like, huh, tithe. And it just came right back around. And that's my testimony. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God for that. What, what a testimony. My God. Well, the, the Bible said that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Amen. He's in the miracle um, doing business just like he, he was yesterday, yesteryear. Amen. So we're going to pray tonight. Guys, um, if there is uh, something that you're, uh, uh, you know, waiting for the Lord for, you're expecting from God, it's a miracle. He can do it. Amen? Faith. We spoke about faith. You know, driving here, this evening I was, I was um, you know, imagine this. This happens when you come in the presence of God and hear a testimony like that. Doesn't it just change everything, everything the way that you um, thought about God? Doesn't it just give you a totally different perspective and faith? And you're just so positive and go, wow, all of what God has spoken to me, I can believe it again. When you hear that, it's just so refreshing, right? And when we are coming many times, we are not in the state of mind. We are not, we are not coming in the state of mind, meaning that we already have been pre-programmed to have an expectation that is not consistent with the word of God. That means we're not going to, we're not, we're not, it's hard to receive then. That's why many times folks don't come to church, you know, because there's, they don't walk in this realm of the supernatural of having faith. Not saying that every day God is going to give you $4,000 in your bank account. That's not what I'm saying. Or every day he's going to do something like that, okay? But maybe it's someone else. Maybe it's your day to release over someone else. On, um, on this side of faith, someone else is waiting for you and I to release over them. Amen? And we want this place to be like that, where people come here and they really hear from God and they really receive, and miracles happen for them.